Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! A week after South Carolina wrapped up spring football, we are back here on Believe in South Carolina. I am Mike Yuvin, joined today by the one and only Marcus Lattimore. As always, Nick Kloss is not with us as he wraps up things over at the University of South Carolina. Big shout out to Nick as he gets ready to graduate and goes into the real world. And if you're one of those people out there like me and Marcus, um, you know, Nick, hey, it, it's the real world's fun, man. You know, but you also have some real problems. I mean, I don't know if that's the best thing to tell him, Marcus, as he gets ready to graduate. You know what? Nick's gonna be fine. And Nick already got it figured out because he know what he knows what he wants to do. So these these mm-hmm. finals probably just a breeze for him. But um, you know, if I did have to give him one piece of advice, ah oh, man. Keep doing what you love, number one. That'll keep mm-hmm. you sane. Just keep doing what you love and don't get buried in it. All right. So, so have that balance. You and I were just talking about balance earlier. How do you, when you have so many responsibilities, which he's about to, I mean, he's probably going to have to get his own place and, um, you know, might not even have a roommate anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you, how do you balance your your social life, your job, your rest, you know, how, we, you need to go play. I mean, it's I think it's a lifelong pursuit of just trying to figure it out. But Nick's got to figure it out, man. I mean, he, he's on the right path. He's doing what he loves and he'll be fine. And you mentioned something that was pretty interesting, which is he knows what he wants to do already. Later on in the show, because it is draft week for the NFL, Marcus is going to relive what that week was like, and not just that week, but the months leading up to that moment and what that moment was like to finally get that phone call. And, you know, we've talked about this before. We're going to have an episode dedicated to everything that that went through with Marcus with the the knee injuries and just being able to – figure out what was going to be next for him. So I, I think we can get deeper into it at another point, but kind of just talking about, you know, shoot, once he walked away, it was like, now what? But uh, Nick, uh, I don't think you're going to have as much luck as I had. Granted, what I mean by that is my for, for, for a place, my first place, Marcus, Greenville, Mississippi. I don't think Nick's going to have as much luck as in, in terms of how cheap it was. I had a pool. I had a parking spot. And it was only 450 bucks. This is not 1972. This is 2015. My place was only $450. So um, I think I pay almost that much money now in HOA fees. But hey, Nick, you know, welcome to adulthood, son. Uh, but, Nick, but Nick, we will see you soon. We appreciate it. Um, I know you're going to be editing this. So hopefully you get a nice kick out of this when you when you listen to this. But Marcus. Going back to last week's spring game, we didn't have an opportunity to talk about it. It was Easter. I know a lot of us were on the move. So let's go back and, and kind of look at the week that was with spring with the spring game. I think the first thing that everyone's going to talk about naturally is going to be Spencer Rattler. And mm-hmm. one thing I do want to mention is 
it wasn't just Rattler. I was very impressed with Luke Doty, too, with just the command that both those guys had at quarterback, taking what the defense gave them and didn't force things um, in, into tight windows. They just they took what the defense gave them. With Rattler, I mean, you know it. I don't know if you had an opportunity to see it, Marcus. You know what that Gamecock walk is like. Mm. USC released a video of him walking over to the stadium. And, I mean, it felt like a Saturday in Columbia. And one of the things that he said inside the stadium afterwards, he's like, how about that walk? So Mm. I I mentioned that part, Marcus, because it could have been real easy for him to go out there in front of the environment that he had at Williams-Brice playing for the first time. I know it's not a real game but being able to play inside Williams-Brice with a crowd and try to force some things down the field. He didn't do that, and he looked really sharp because of it. He really did. And, you know, back to his statement, you know, he's from Arizona, and mm-hmm. he went to Oklahoma. I mean, he's 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 came coast to coast. And I presume if you're from the West Coast, you're not, you're not really familiar with the South Carolina fan base. Uh, I think it's getting a lot more national exposure simply because of some of the quotes that some prominent players have have had. I mean, Todd Gurley said the place was crazy. Um, Monteria Hardesty, our running back coach, I mean, he he knows how cr- – there's been a lot of people that, that have given a shout-out to South Carolina's fan base. And mm-hmm. if, But if you're not from the Southeast – it's kind of it's kind of hidden because it's in, I mean obviously it's in between Georgia and you know Florida and Alabama all of these different programs with 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 prominent history but man I unbiased like and I say this I mean just as a shout out to our fans unbiased we are the most passionate and the loudest stadium I've ever played in was 2012 against Georgia LSU was absolutely ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. Death Valley goes nuts, but our fans are, and, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that he, uh, he's able to see that, you know, because it's, it's, um, it's a special place. It really is a special place to be. And, you know, the first thing that jumped out to me for the spring game is we just look well coached, Mike. I mean, it just looked like we're making good decisions. And uh, again, because of where we are, in the SEC, I mean, you can't make a lot of mistakes. I mean, golly, we, we, we just – when we go out there this fall, we, we have to be crisp. We have to be disciplined. And our, our, our QBs look so well coached. Um, they, they know where their eyes are going, their feet are moving, their mechanics. Their mechanics when they drop back um, are, are just clean. Um that that in itself just kind of popped out to me. Uh, when, how much when, can when you I take away watching. though? How, how much can you take away though from it, Marcus? Because I asked this question to Shane Beamer, and every coach is different, right? How much stock you put into the actual spring game itself in comparison to the fourteen other practices out there when you're evaluating players, trying to develop depth charts for for fall camp. But as a mm-hmm. player, how much did you feel that you were able to to take away from it? Because more times than not, the offense is going to be behind, be behind the defense in spring football. They're going to be behind the defense at the beginning of fall training camp. How much as a player did you feel like you were able to get take away and be like, hey, you know what? Our offense is better than we were at the end of last season. Or, you know, this is what we need to clean up heading into fall camp. I definitely think it's an important time. Uh, 
you know, obviously we're not installing six or seven different packages. I mean, it was, I mean, with only 15 practices, I, you know, I assume it was only like maybe four or five different formations that they even put in. And like you said, the defense, the defense, it's, you know, if you just put in a coverage and, and a couple of blitzes, I mean, you're, you're, you're good for the whole, heck, you're good for the whole spring. But I think more than anything, it, it's important because just those small techniques when it comes to the, fu- the simply the fundamentals of blocking and tackling. Like if we're running outside zone and our center and guard are, 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 block, are, doing block, are blocking down, um, and, and, you know, we, we got somebody pulling to the outside. Um, I mean, just those little intricacies, like just working on those small, all of the different looks that you're going to see on that one play, on that one play in specific. Uh, if I think a successful spring is when you can, whether it be outside zone, inside zone, any play that you're putting in, any formation that you're putting in that our guys are literally just getting lined up in the right way. And I, and I mean, I'm talking about maybe two yards inside the hash or two yards outside the hash. If you're an outside receiver, like those small little details make so much. And, you know, for the running backs, well, the steps, you know, the, the fundamentals of, you know, alignment, are kind of etched into your DNA. So that's not something you really think about if you're a college football player, but those, those seeing every look on two plays. I mean, if you can get through the spring and you feel comfortable with how you're running outside zone to a blitz or to some slants from the defensive line, or uh, let's, let's say that the, the offensive lineman is, uh, his pad leverage wasn't down enough or, or when, when he made contact on the defender and, and you're reading, you're, you're reading his block, you're able to juke and jive and make the right decisions, like depending on where he's aligned. Like, so all of those small little intricacies of two or three plays that mm-hmm. the, the, the public may not see, and if you can tighten those up during the spring, it's almost like tightening the screws. Like your screws are loose. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to tighten the screws on your base formations, your base plays, your what we're going to hang our bread and butter on. Uh, we, we ran the play a lot last year at South Carolina. Coach Satterfield, I love when he goes five wide and he just run, uh, and, and, but we're in a tight bunch formation. And it was a hurry-up play for us. If if you would just go back, Gamecock fans, just go back and watch any game. I think we ran it almost mm-hmm. every game that I watched, at least. It would be a tight bunch formation, but it would be empty. So mm-hmm. it's a quick pass. It, 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 we're trying to get the ball out hot. It was almost like a hot a hot situation. We're lining up. Fast. That, that play in itself, that's something that you work on in the spring to tighten up. Because if we need four yards – Coach Satterfield absolutely knows that he can call that play. But um, just the small little details in the spring, Mike. And you, and you mentioned some of the, the small little details. Something that stood out to me. I get it, and I get it. I understand. Gamecock fans, they want to see more 
from this offense. They want to see more from offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield. I'll say this. When you have a new offensive coordinator that comes in, not only with a new system, right, or a new team, new players, you're trying to figure out, you know, as much as the players are trying to figure out about you, you're trying to figure out about them as well. And you're trying to, in your mind, coming in from last spring, trying to put a game plan together and trying to figure out, all right, well, some of the things that I want to do work here. Well, you go into the first two weeks of, of fall camp, and what happens? Your starting quarterback gets injured. And then a couple of weeks in, you have to go to a third-string quarterback. So you're, you're playing musical chairs at quarterback. On top of that, on top of that, and I've, I've said this before because it has been reported um, in the past that, and I just don't think a lot of people know this or some people overlook this, your offensive line coach was away from the team at some time, at some points during last season. He was dealing with some health issues. So when your offensive line coach isn't there, you have a new offensive coordinator, those two coaches more than anyone on the offensive side, they need to be in sync. So I just want to point that out to people because as much as people want to criticize Marcus Adderfield for last year, you should give him credit when credit is due. And I felt like seeing some of the things, and I know it's only a spring game, okay? I'm not ready to throw a parade yet, okay? But I did like seeing some of the things from the offense in the spring game, which was just using the skill sets to their advantage. They have a lot of speed. They have a lot of speed. We know how much talent is in that running back room. We know how much talent and speed they have at wide receiver. They also have that speed and, and athleticism at tight end. And you don't even have Jaheim Bell out there. You don't even have Austin Stogner that's going to be transferring in from Oklahoma. I just like how quick everything was, right? Either play action, rollouts, just using the skill set that they do have. I, I say all that, Marcus, because you know what's going to happen. If things don't go well early on in the season, people will start criticizing the offensive coordinator. People will start criticizing Spencer Rattler. So the, the, my, my question is to you, when you look at what we saw from the offense just on Saturday, does it make you feel feel better going into the fall and how much you know should we get excited about what we saw from Saturday or is it one of those things where it's like okay makes me smile right now but mm, I still need to see a little bit more well Mike I think you mentioned earlier that like an important point I mean this is practice 15 practice mm -hmm. 15 talking about um, practice we talking about practice? Not not the game. <laughs> you know, if you, imagine being that good in the NBA that you could just say that. Like I, I didn't have to practice. Nah, Allen Iverson, that's my dude. Um, yeah, I mean, we're 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 tightening up the screws, fans. We're tightening up the screws, Gamecocks. Not fans. I'm a fan too. We're tightening up the screws. Uh, we're we're get, we're getting ready to go. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a little preview of what things are going to look like, but man, it, Mike, you just mentioned all the weapons that we have. I mean, God, like the speed that we have at the wide receiver position, the athleticism that we have at the tight end position and, and our guy not even on campus yet. I mean, seeing Chad Terrell, I mean, just God, like I'm, he, he was a guy that I mean what what a what an amazing human being. I mean the dude is uh always been concerned 
about being a great team player. Uh, that's one thing that kind of stood out, stood out to him, like when I was there. Um, and his athleticism. I mean, if you just uh, the, the dude has a body of, of a Greek god. I mean, and he came in highly touted, a mm-hmm. lot of potential, but just as in the other sport and any other player will face, injuries happen uh, that kind of slowed down his progress. But you know, seeing him, <laughs> seeing him come across on that. Uh, <laughs> What do we call what what do we call those when they're just he just came across on a on a leak on a leak route uh from a play action and he caught the ball and the dude I was just like who is that I didn't even know who it was at first. Uh <laughs> I I didn't realize that he made that move to tight end. That's something that, that I was ill informed on. But I mean seeing him with the ball in his hands and get full steam ahead with fresh legs, that was refreshing to see. But how how much do we take from this? I mean, look at the the discipline that we played with. I, I, again, I just go back to to how didn't see too many penalties. We if any. Well, we didn't were seven. Go. Our quarterback was seven for ten, eight of ten, and didn't even see didn't see penalties out there. And I know some people will be like, "Well, it's a spring." I get it, but at the same time, too, you have officials out there. You do, and, and, and you know, you know that, that's play. How we're going to win games, Mike. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to win games with special teams and not turning the ball over. That mm-hmm. that's if if one thing if there's one thing that Coach Beamer can truly, um, Coach Beamer is going to control, and, and those things that you can eliminate. I mean. You, it's just looking at the big picture. I mean, look at who we play. Like we play teams with tons of talent. Teams are, pro- yeah, we have a lot of talent. We have speed. We have weapons. But also, we're in a, we're in a weird. We, we fall we- weirdly on the line of the SEC teams. So we have to have good special teams. We cannot make mistakes, and that's what we then see. I think that's a theme that's going to continue, and. If we can do that, man, we just put we just put ourselves in a position to be really to 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 be contenders, like uh, like true contenders, because that's what you have to do at a at a school like South Carolina. It's 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 just simple as that. We, we we're not going to have yeah we put a fence around the state with recruiting, but at the same time we don't have the pool of players to pull from. It's just it's really that simple, you know, ge- geographically we're at a disadvantage mm-hmm. and take, take from the spring game that the fact that we're well coached, we're, we're very well coached and that's going to give us a chance in every game. It's the little things. It's the little things that maybe from a fan standpoint, maybe even from a media standpoint, when you're trying to write those stories, right? It's not the sexy headlines. It's not the, Ooh, you know, at the same time too, you don't always need to do, things that are going to be sexy all the time especially this time of the year it's the thing that you mentioned that word i'm a just real quick mike you mentioned that word sexy what kentucky does is not sexy but Mm -hmm. kentucky has found their formula of how to at least be a contender in the sec they run the ball and they recruit big ass dudes on that d line Mm -hmm. and they try to stop the run 
And that's something Stoops has just kind of figured out, well, if I'm going to play Alabama, if I'm going to play Georgia, if I'm going to play all of these teams with all this different talent, Kentucky just doesn't have that that same type of pool. It's, it's just, But what? no, nothing they do is sexy, but they will run the ball down your throat and they will stop the run, and that gives them a blue chance. Collar. It's blue collar. And, blue I mean, collar. when you think about South Carolina football, you can even think about Kentucky in terms of being able to get things to a point now where they are being a pain in the neck to South Carolina, or they're at least being in a situation where they're competing closer towards the top of the SEC East. It's blue collar. You don't always need to be sexy. Mm. You don't need to. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't the prom. All right, go out there, do what you got to do, get things done. But especially this time of the year, I, and I'm sure, and I, I, I know probably the majority of Gamecock fans get it, but there were some, you know, upset. Oh, why aren't they taking more shots down the field? First off, know who you are. Know who you are. You're not Alabama, okay? You don't have – it's, and that's okay. That's okay. But on top of that, you're still trying to figure out what this offense is going to look like. Um, it, we, in – I was very, like I said, I was very impressed with what we saw from Rattler. I was, I was very impressed. I was impressed with what we saw from Luke Doty, which I believe is something that should not be overlooked by any means. If any team in the country understands that you need depth at that position, it's South Carolina. We mm-hmm. saw it last year. We saw it last year. Four different quarterbacks won games as starting quarter. Four quarterbacks, four different quarterbacks starting games in one. Now, of course, to carry on Jordan, that was by choice. It wasn't because of an injury. But you had three injuries at that position. So I look at that and I say, okay, how much should I feel good about the quarterback situation? You should feel great. You should feel great um, in comparison to where it was last year. Now, Marcus, I I know we can go down the list for, okay, this player, that player. And we could point out a couple. We will. But one guy that really stood out to me and I was happy for him. I know you'll be nothing but full of joy for him was Marshawn Lloyd to mm. see him make some of those cuts. And I had a chance to talk to him after the game. And he said, man, he's like, I feel good. I feel good. And we've heard from him all spring saying, I'm not thinking about the injury. I think going into that first spring practice, he admitted that he was thinking a little bit, but after that wasn't thinking. And he's just going out there and just playing. He's just playing. To hear him say those things, Marcus, especially how much that we've talked about from a mental side when you come back from an injury like that, how good does that make you feel knowing that Marcus is in that place right now? Marshawn, excuse me. Marshawn, Marcus, you got all the M's here. Man, that dude, he, he, uh, his quickness at that weight, I mean, the dude is – He's 210 pounds moving, 210, 215 pounds, something like that. And he's he can make a cut like that. That's, I mean, it, it's elite. What it, he's an elite running back. And uh, to, to see it, to see it live, to see it in action. And, and you know, what, what, what I, what I notice uh, when a guy comes off of a leg, any type of leg injury. What I'm looking at is when he makes contact, does he still drive his feet? He he didn't. He not only drove his feet, uh, he was finish. He was finishing runs in a in, in a vicious way. In mm-hmm. in my opinion, like when you finish the run, 
is he still able to put contact, put force into the ground, into that knee, into that other leg, and drive, and drive, and drive. He did that. You know, we should feel really, really excited about that because, I mean, that that that, that right there proves he's not thinking about it. You know, because he's got both feet in the ground and he's balanced. But he's going to be a weapon in the passing game. He's going to be a weapon in between the tackles. He's going to be a weapon on outside runs. And that's what makes him – that's that's what makes him different. I mean, he can you, – you can put him in any type of position. Um, and there's not – you know, there there's a common theme in whatever level you're on to do – to have running back by committee, he's a guy that can do it every play. You know, he can block, he can catch, he can run, and he can make any run that you want him to. And he can take it. Not only that, he can take it eighty yards if if you if if it's if it's open, and make a guy miss in open field. Um, you know, with his elusiveness. But um, I mean, again, Ju- I mean Juju McDowell coming. I mean, he he's just like a goddamn firecracker. You know, every time he gets the ball, it's just it's it's exciting to watch our room. We got so many backs. I mean, I'm not even mentioning, but uh, you're, Marshall, you're, you're Marshall going you're going you're going exactly where I was going to ask you. Uh, what I was going to ask you right after you finished, which is looking at that running back room. I mean, Juju McDowell, he had a very impressive game the other night. You have a guy like Christian Beale Smith, who I love his nickname. They call him CBS. Simple, gets to the point, right? Christian Beale Smith, CBS. Um, right. So we'll call him CBS on here. He was able to find the end zone. And he's a guy that from a from a maturity standpoint, I feel like he will help the room more there than anything else. And that's no slight against his athletic ability because I feel like he will make a difference on the field. But he brings a mature and veteran voice to that room someone that has done it in a power five conference at wake forest. So I definitely think that is obviously a, an added boost as well to that running back room. And then you look at a guy like Rashad Amos, a guy that going into the spring, I don't think a lot of people have been talking about at all because you just look at the talent in that room. He kind of gets buried on the depth chart a little bit, or at least from the outside perspective. And he has a phenomenal spring game. He was able to show some sparks out there as well. And Marcus, we've talked about this before. And I think back, it may have been the first episode, second episode. And one of the things you mentioned as a running back, how do you find ways to stay on the field? Because South Carolina right now, at least right now, what they hope is they don't want to do a running back by committee. And we'll see how things play out. But the point being is one thing that you brought up was if you want to stay in the field, one one thing that you've learned is that I've never seen a coach take a running back off the field that you can't trust who is able to block. Mm-hmm. So you look at that, and obviously all these all these running backs have different skill sets, but at the same time, too, you see that room, it's so talented. I I don't know. Mm, I don't know who's gonna be the week one starter. I really don't. And that's that's not saying that no one in that room has separated themselves. It just goes to show that that room is just freaking good. Yeah. Coach Hardesty, he, he can uh, he can have a little box in his room and just like make, you know, little slips of paper and put their names on it. And he just, you know, every week he just puts his hand in the box and then just pull a, pull a name out. Pull a freaking name out because – I mean, and then you, you you mentioned CBS. 
you know, who's done it, who's a veteran, who's very, very well coached coming from Wake Forest. You know, anytime mm-hmm. I watch Wake Forest, I'm just so impressed by how they, how crisp they are and things. Um, and he, so he comes from a lineage of, or, or he comes from a, a place that, that knows how to do it the right way. And uh, his, I mean, what I heard from you is kind of like dependability. That's what I saw as well. He's dependable. Um, you know, you can trust him when you put him out on the field. God, that this, I mean, for Coach Hardesty, golly, it's something, I mean, shoot, just pull up a chair at practice. I mean, and, and, and just see what happens. Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I truly, and then Lavoisier Carroll. I mean, mm-hmm. Rashad ain't, I mean, like, all, all of these guys, all of these guys bring something to the table. And, you know, there, there are situational, uh, there are situational plays for, for everybody, but you, at the same time, you don't want to become predictable because I mean, there's defensive analysts who watch every, every run a a thousand times and can pick up on your patterns just like that. Um, We saw that last year. We saw, we saw that last year at times with the carry on joiner. I mean, it's incredible just to think that before the Duke's Mayo bowl, that was his first pass attempt in two years. And mm-hmm. he had been in situations where he was under center or in the shotgun playing quarterback. And you knew what he was going to do. But, Marcus, if you're one of these running backs, right, you talk about the blocking, right, trying to find ways to stay in the field. Because fans sometimes, they look on the outside, right, and they try to figure out, okay, if I'm a running back, if I'm CBS, if I'm Juju McDowell, if I'm Marshawn Lloyd, Rashad Amos, does getting into a rhythm, is that a real thing for a running back? Because when you look at the situation, you might not have that opportunity. Or is that something that if you're the USC coaching staff, you have to consider? Because, yeah. you know, I, and I, I'm sure different play, I'm, I'm sure different players think differently. But I mean, as a running back, do you feel like that is a thing? Mike, I, I'm probably not the best person to ask this question because I'm so biased. You know, I, I I enjoyed the Earl Campbells of the world. I enjoy Eric Dickerson. I enjoy watching 40 characters. I mean, George Rogers. I mean, all these guys that just put like, yes, I think I, because I did it, because I got into a, a rhythm where I literally carried the ball for eight times in, in, in one series, or I'll go six runs in a row. I truly believe that getting into a rhythm is a thing and the and the defense becomes predictable. The defense everything slows down. And maybe it's because I'm getting more reps, you know, and I'm able to see how I mean they're only lining up a couple of ways and the mm-hmm. linebackers eyes are only going I mean they they can only shuffle so you you become you become able to manipulate the defense when you get into that rhythm, you know, and yeah, did that probably cost me my career? I don't, I don't, yeah, but I don't care. I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, I, I, I love, I love that coach Spurrier fed me the ball because I wanted the ball every play and it helped. It did. It slowed. Maybe he, maybe he knew something that I didn't know about myself because the first mm-hmm. few, few carries of the game, I, I couldn't, I wasn't, 
I wasn't ready. You know, I yeah, I did an extensive warm-up. You know, I, I ran about 600 yards and did a bunch of high knees and push-ups before the game started to get my body warmed up. But my mind, getting my mind warmed up to the – maybe he understood that in me. And that's why he, that's why he fed me ball. So I'm a little bit biased. And I think Marshawn's a guy who can do that. I really do. I think, he, I think he's a guy. Even coming back from that injury? I you think he can carry the ball 25 times a game simply because mm-hmm. of how he takes care of, it, care, takes care of his body. So that's the it's, number they're looking at. They're looking at about 25 a game. But that's what they're looking at for at least one of these running backs. That's what uh, Marcus Hatterfield said during spring football, during the media availabilities that we had an opportunity to meet with him. But they're looking for not necessarily a, a workhorse, like you said, the Earl Campbells of the world, the George Rogers of the world or even the Marcus Lattimore's of the world with the amount of touches that they have. But, I mean, 25, I, I feel like that's not too crazy. I feel like that's manageable. But the other thing you got to think about, too, is how much does the run game get impacted by the fact that you have a guy like Spencer Rattler on the field? So I, I know if they're running the ball well, you're going to go with the run. I mean – Right now, and you know it, Marcus, every coach is going to say it, USC right now, they want to be they want to be balanced. Everyone wants to be balanced. That's fantastic. We know that's not going to be the case. We know that's not going to be the case. Uh, spoiler, it's not going to be the case. So You got to do what you got to do. So, so when you have a talented quarterback, when you have a talented running back room, something's going to give. Something's going to give. And if you are that guy, if you prove yourself, and I'm not going to be shocked to see – you know, let's say week one, let's say Christian Bale Smith is the starting running back. And then week two, Marshawn Lloyd's the starter. I'm not going to be shocked to see that. I'm not going to be shocked to see when we go back at the end of the year and we look at those 12 regular season games and we see different guys starting different weeks. I'm not going to be shocked by that because they're going to see who has the hot hand I mean, they're, and, and who's playing well that week. So if you want to be that guy, I mean, man, you you just got to be clicking that week at practice. That's what Satterfield at least proved in week in, in in his first season at South Carolina that how you performed that week was going to determine who was going to be the starter that week. And Mike, I'm I'm not I'm not afraid of that philosophy because it keeps everybody hungry. Mm-hmm. I know that's for sure. It keeps everybody competing, knowing that what you do in practice. No matter if you ran for 200 yards last week and every girl on campus is is, is com- coming to give you a kiss on the cheek, it that that doesn't matter. That that it it doesn't it doesn't matter. That will keep a guy hungry and keep them getting better and better and better every single week. Um, yeah, I and I appreciate that philosophy. I do because I mean 10, 15 years from now, we'll Will we even have running backs looking at the NFL? I mean, God, it, fullbacks, it, it, the fullbacks basically extinct. I mean, just go back to even thinking you know, youth football. Yeah. I mean, shoot, youth football now in comparison to when, when we used to play, Marcus, I mean, it was just, you know, you get maybe some of those double reverses, the I formations, the five-man fronts on defense. Now it's they're airing it out, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? I feel like I'm watching arena football, but – you know, it's a it's a testament to the talent um, that continues to get better. Maybe some, not all. I don't want to. I, I know what's going to happen. I say this: not all youth football coaches. There's a lot of dang good fo- youth football coaches out there. 
But there's some of them out there, too, trying to be like Al Bundy's, trying to live vicariously through some of these kids and saying, hey, let's go air it out. But um, but no, it's just it's a different game. I, I mean, shoot, I don't even want to be I don't even want to be anywhere near you the day the running back position goes extinct. I don't think it's going to. But um, I might, no, I might, I, I might stop watching. I mean, it's it's because of the wave. It's because of Mahomes. It's because of Josh Allen. It's because of these dudes who can throw on one foot and pirouette, and you know, I I skate at the same time while they while they make a perfect pass into the back of the end zone. But I mean, people don't want to take those hits. I mean, Debo Samuel even came out hmm. saying that he wants to purely play receiver because of the wear and tear on your body. And you think about it from a running back position, and I know we're going to talk about the NFL in a little bit, Marcus, with the draft, but you think about the lifespan of an NFL player, especially at the running back position, it's not long. I mean, what the Patriots have done, and I know it probably doesn't make you super happy, but you see a lot of these guys, they're not guys that the Patriots necessarily have drafted. I mean, they had Sony Michelle a couple of years ago, another SEC guy, but a lot of the guys they get are off the street, essentially, free agents. Because they know that once that contract expires with that first team, they're going to bring a new guy in who they're going to be able to get for a better value because a lot of these teams don't want to give that running back that second contract. Now, for me, and I know I'm going to get, I'm going to get you so worked up when I say this, I think drafting a running back these days in the first round is, is it's just not necessary. It's just not because when you look at I know, I know, I know you're going to hate me when I say that. I know, I know, but the reason being, I know, I'm I'm speeding the whole process up, process up here of, of getting the the running back to be extinct. But the reason I say that though is, at least from an NFL standpoint, and I think that's the bigger picture of it. It's not because running backs aren't talented; it's because the game is shifting away from that position and how they use that position. So I think it's a combination of you know, number one, just the style of the game changing. But number two, that wear and tear and just how they use the running back position now. Um, but I, it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, discussion to have. Maybe we'll have that conversation in the summer a little bit. But a lot of those guys, once they get to their second contract, because of how they use them, they're beat up. They're beat up. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have to have a special mentality. You, you have that mentality in college. Like you said, you're like, shoot, did that maybe – speed up my 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 career a little bit from a body standpoint he said i would have done it again i know you said it but it's yeah it it, it yeah the patriots are speaking of the patriots they are the epitome of a business mm. i mean god lay that brand brandon bolden i remember him at old miss he was a great running back and uh when he when he i think he was actually seventh round pick to the patriots he stayed on they do a good job of using their running backs in special teams, which is why they're also yep. always so good in special teams. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that, that kind of came to mind when you said that, I mean, how they just, I mean, they'll rotate. I mean, Rex Burkhead, I mean, he, he was, he was situational. Brandon Bolden, he was situational. They played, they played so many backs, but um, yeah, I, I get it. I do. I get it from a business standpoint. And I also get it from a longevity standpoint. But when you're in the fire, when you're playing football, when you are, when you are touching it, you, you're not. That's the last thing that's coming. You're a competitor. The last thing going through your mind. 
You're a competitor. You want I, the Rock. Man, I, 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 if it's you know we hear that story of Ronnie Lott. Yeah. When you know through through the game, uh, he broke his broke his finger or jammed his finger and cut the finger off and went back. That is the type of adrenaline that's running through your body that you that you truly nothing else matters. You don't no. think about I mean, shoot, I, I messed up fingers in college, Marcus, and I'll never forget. I told my teammates I'd cut it off and they thought I was crazy. Now, right. looking back at it, that was maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever said. But in the moment, you're not thinking about that. That's, and like you said, you love every part of the game. Yeah. You love, you're, in, you're in a place, you're in a transcendent place. When you're out on that field, you're not in this world, this 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 world that we walk out onto in the streets. It is what it is the sanctuary. It is the heaven at that time. And you, you wanna be, you wanna stay there. You you love every piece of it. And the 49ers, I get it. You know, that's that's my squad. They drafted me. I appreciate it. And you know, I'm a 49er forever. But man, I, I I understand Debo's sentiments, and you and you know what? At the same time, the the Forty Niners, they are they're going to end up somehow if they end up letting the best player go, the best player in the NFL leave their team. I I I get it. You don't want to pay him that amount of money because there's just stigma of injury prone but don't you take that risk with any player that you any player mm -hmm. that you pay that amount of money like mm -hmm. we, we 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 put this injury prone tag on people but you can get injured anybody can get injured on any play and Debo Samuel has not only reignited the Bay Area he's re reignited 49er fans from all over the world there's 49er fans worldwide I've been to Germany and I've seen 49er flags in in multiple houses so you're letting go of a you're, you're letting go of a, a a some somebody of the has the same statute potentially could have the same statue of Ricky Rogers of Frank Gore of mm -hmm. Vernon Davis of I mean, I, I'm not going – I'll say it, Jerry Rice. I'll say it, Ronnie Lott. I'll go that far because he's just that He's just that valuable. So, I mean, you better pay that, man. <laughs> it's just simple as that. Go Dwight Clark in there too. Shout out to Clemson fans. Oh, absolutely. Rest, <laughs> rest in heaven. Um, I, I do want to get into the NFL draft, but I do – but one thing I know that you wanted to mention, and I know you kind of hit on him before, but we'll we'll get – just a little bit more for him because it's just just a tremendous story with Chad Terrell and what he was able to do this past week and um, being able to score that touchdown. The guy that after the game, Shane Beamer shared that he's someone that will go out onto the practice field like in the middle of the night and just practice um, mentally, get mental reps about where he has to line up. And he's just he, he knows he's in a crowded run, uh, tight end room and it's only going to get more crowded when Austin Stogner gets here and Jaheim Bell's back on the field. But you want to talk about someone that, number one, the injuries that he's gone through, the multiple knee injuries, and then to come back and to be here in a situation where you know you're in a crowded room, but you stick it out and you stay here at South Carolina 
and you're able to do that in the spring game, just just a special moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And deserving. I mean, it's always good to see. I mean, like just like the carry on sticking it out. I mean, all it, it, trusting the process, uh, not not giving not giving up on something that you that you love, that you want to do. And he'll contribute. I mean, Chad Terrell will be, and whether it be via special teams or just like you said, I mean, at the quarterback position, we went through four last year. Zeb Nolan probably still got his locker in there. You know, that same thing could happen at the tight end position. And Chad Terrell will be ready to go. But, I mean, this is a special dude, special family. He'll go on and be successful after football anyway uh, without a football in his hands. But, yeah. Big time athlete, big time athlete that can that can help us. All right, Marcus, let's go backwards now. Let's go back. Let's rewind the clock. The year is 2013. It is, I believe, what April of 2013. Mm-hmm. One of the final weeks in April, and with the 131st overall pick in the fourth round of the 2013. NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers select running back Marcus Lattimore from the University of South Carolina. That night for you is probably different from the way people on the outside look at it. Some people on the outside look at it as well. You know, he didn't have this long NFL career and this and that, but to do something that only 250 something players each year since they shortened, condensed the draft down to seven rounds a couple decades ago, to be able to be one of those players to have your name called, especially after everything you went through in college with the injuries. What was that feeling like? Mm. Man, I tell you what, before, when I decided I was going to leave, my agent, that I decided to sign with, who's still my agent today and good friend and still helps me with a lot of different projects, said, Marcus, now you know that you'll go first round. You have an opportunity to go first round or you have an opportunity to go undrafted. And so, so that was my projection, not even being drafted. Because so you had no idea. You truly had no idea because a lot of these players they go in and you know having conversations with someone like Nick Muse and some of these players that are going to go through the process this year. They have an idea. They have an idea. Sometimes it could be like you know rounds uh, three through six. But for you to to say that first round to going undrafted, I mean that's just that's just crazy. And that that added to the weight the weight that I felt like I felt so heavy going into that Thursday um he I mean because he was te- my agents texting me the first night Thursday mm. night he's texting me and he's you know talking with teams I'm just like what the hell is going on and then the second night goes by he's texting and he's talking with teams and Asking me, have I heard from this team in the second round? Then the third day comes by, and I'm just, I'm over it. 
I'm a, I'm a over this shit. I'm just like, man, this is Did you heavy. have people over your house? Did you have people over your house the first yeah, two nights? We, we decided to go to Stone Mountain, Georgia, mm-hmm. just get a hotel, get away. Um, I, I, I was just, you know, in nature. Um, and just had my phone nearby. So you weren't even watching. You just had your phone by your side. I just had my phone nights. nearby. I, I stopped watching after the second day. I, I was just, yeah. it was just too heavy, man. Because I, I it's the anticipation leading up to it. This just kind of builds up in your body and it builds up in your mind and everybody around you. Not, not, not only that, I got like six people around me are my cousins and hmm. uh, my mom, my dad, everybody's around me and they're on their toes as well. Like everybody around me is anticipating what's happening. So, that just kind of got that energy just got too heavy for me. So I just I, I had to walk. I had to go walk. I had to breathe. Um, you know, then the third day came by. <laughs> the the third day came. And uh it came quick. The third day came pretty quick. And got a call from a 510 number. It was Oakland in the area code. So I was assuming, shoot, I'm going to Oakland. Um and <laughs> I picked up the phone and it was the, the the quirkiest voice I ever heard in my life. I was just like, hold up. This is Coach Harbaugh. This is a, and John Harbaugh was on the phone. And uh yeah, talked to Harbaugh and um yeah, that that weight, you you could you could feel we we've all been in situations where we've just been anticipating something. Mm-hmm. This one was, oh my goodness, it was just like a release of just pressure from my body. And just, I went through like this maybe 30 second recap of my knee until that moment. Like just going through rehab down in Pensacola with Dr. James Andrews and just not being able to even move. Uh, for about three weeks, my leg was straight because my calf had to heal yep. for a good bit. And starting rehab and starting jogging and putting that foot into the ground, doing drills at pro day. Um, I mean, just my career in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. looking back, I mean, just looking at re- really there was a there was a vision of me at, in ninth grade that that popped up in my head. Ninth so kind grade, of like your life flashed before your eyes in a sense, just almost, like it, it. It was it was like that. It, it was a mini. It was a it was a mini revelation happening in that moment, like things just coming full circle. Um, that the fact that this was actually happening, I like yeah. it, it. It actually happened, and I, <laughs> I, I, I dreamed it. You know, something dreamed came true that was the first time that i actually experienced something like that and you hear guys i mean you hear dwayne haskins i mean rest in peace you know there's a video of him nine years old in the ohio state locker room said and he says i'm going to play here mm-hmm. he said i mean that those, those are the words that came out of his mouth i'm going to play here he played at ohio state and became one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play like so when something like that happens uh, I mean, you, it's, it, it's, it's otherworldly. I mean, you can't really, 
You can't. It, it's an experience, and you know we've all had those. We've all had those situations, but this one, it was man that was stays with you though. That stays with you for the rest of your life, regardless of how things happen in the NFL. And and like we said, you know, obviously for you, in comparison to some of the Gamecock players that are going to be experiencing it this week, you think about the JJ and Ambaris of the world. You think about the Nick Muses. Mm-hmm. You can keep going down the list, right? Um, for you, you overcame that injury, those injuries, multiple injuries to be able to get to that point. And there's obviously a lot of things that for yourself and, you know, for these players that are going through the process too, that from the outside, we don't know other things that you've had to go through in life. And I think those are the things that are really special, right? You Mm -hmm. think of a guy like, um, like Javon Kinlaw a couple of years ago when he was getting drafted, you know, people started to learn more and more about him. I mean, people that covered him, um, didn't even know that as much, you know, as, as players, obviously teammates in your role at USC, you were able to get a, get to know more about some of these players like, like a Kinlaw. But I say all that because they're going to have a moment where everything that they've put themselves through, right? High school, college, the sacrifices, right? Not being able to go to the beach. I mean, I've had these conversations with JC Horn out in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago, um, but just how disciplined that he is and how it changes just the way he eats and this is because he wants to make sure going into the combine going into pro days that everything's going to be good you have all that the longest job interview of your life and you finally get that phone call so for for these young men and it's you know i guess you could say not just for gamecocks because it'll be anyone what would you tell them about that moment because in that moment especially a guy like J.J. and Mbari. And the reason I keep bringing up J.J. is because we expect him to, to go pretty high in the draft, either late in the first round, second round. What would you tell these guys in that moment? Because I'm sure, I'm sure you were getting pulled in eight different directions. You started talking about how, how you had a couple of your cousins over. You probably had cousins that you didn't even know that you were cousins or people that said they were your cousin starting to reach out to you, right? The money's there. The, the glamour, the this, the that. What would you tell those guys? Because I can only imagine how much of a whirlwind it is. I don't even want to say 24 hours, probably just the first four hours uh, after you get that name called. That's so funny, man, because, you you know, if you get drafted, you're you're an automatic millionaire, no, ma- no matter what round. First round through seventh round, you're an automatic millionaire. Everybody knows you're a millionaire. That that's the, that's the thinking of the public. Uh. Uh, and going back to Javon, man, you, 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 when you hear a guy who tells you he 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 used to eat out of trash cans, you know, he used to eat out of garbage, and and, and now, mm. and now he doesn't have he doesn't have to do that anymore. Um, that 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 now kind he's of lobster. Now he's got the surf and turf. You know, we he got, got the lobster in the in, in the nice state. Mm. Well deserved. I mean, how, how how beautiful is that story? Uh, but yeah, for 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 our Gamecocks who are experiencing this life changing event, um, you know, it's so easy to say soak it in, uh, be in the moment. Um, it's 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 easy to say that, uh, but. I can tell you how I felt. I felt like I was, I, I could have soaked it in a little bit more. 
um, I was so, I mean, you're, you're, for, well, for a guy like JJ, he'll be on the flight the next day to whatever city he's in to do a press conference, but he won't start till about seven days after, seven, eight days after his rookie minicamp comes around. But, you know, I, I, I really, man, I hope that they just, they, that they really understand, like, man, you, you, you can celebrate this. Like, like celebrate yourself. Like I was so focused and determined to prove people wrong and just, just like I had this stern attitude about what did I, what I needed to do once I got there. I was just so like, I didn't, I didn't celebrate enough. I didn't celebrate myself enough and all the hard work and obstacles and, I wasn't there long enough. I, I I was so, you know, when after I had that conversation with our general manager and our running back coach Tom Rathman and Coach Harbaugh, I was just like, man, let's let's f and go. Like I'm 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 determined to. And you got yeah y- yes that mindset is important. I get that, but also you got you got 24 hours. I mean, you got you you just a dream just came true. So. Be there in the moment with the people that you love. Don't try, don't, don't try to, don't try to squander the moment. Stay in that moment. Stick in it. But also at the same time, you know, once that time period is over and the, you know, and and and, and things start to calm down, um, save your money. Say like, save it. So you you don't get what you want, you know, take care of what you got to take care of, but save your money. Like no, no need to don't, don't, don't worry about that. After that, worry about the mission, you know, worry about being the best player you can be in. I don't know, but like, I, I would say it goes in phases. Like you, you mm-hmm. don't phase one, celebrate, celebrate yourself. And and don't try to pretend like this isn't a big moment. <laughs> you know, if, if if there's emotions, let the emotions come. If there's if there's tears, let them come. You know, like I, I love seeing guys show true emotion because that proves they're not holding anything in. Like, don't pretend, don't pretend like this isn't like this isn't one of the greatest moments of your life. This is what you work for your whole life. Um celebrate it but also at the same time once once things die down that mean yeah then get focused now i gotta ask you i know it's been about a decade um and this will kick off our final part here of ask marcus anything which we usually close things up we're back on it if you're on uh, gamecockcentral.com be sure to look for that in the thread each week and be able to ask marcus a question i'm gonna lead off what you buy? What was the first thing, man? What's the first thing that you remember buying once you did get that uh get that first paycheck from the NFL? I bought a truck. Buy a truck, huh? Bought a, yeah. bought a nice Silverado, black leather seats, Z seventy one, twenty fourteen. It was twenty fourteen, so I bought the twenty fourteen. Mm. A nice truck, and then uh. You know, um, you know, took care of moms. You know, put of some course. money in mom's account. Put some money in dad's account. Put some money in my sister's account. 
Oh, those people, people truly important to me. Um, what else? I got some Gucci shout shoes. Out to, shout out Yolanda. I, I feel like I see her every other month. <laughs> shout <laughs> out Yolanda. Mama, it's almost Mother's Day. Y'all get y'all mothers some good gifts. Um, but yeah, she probably I, got I mean, a real I, good Mother's Day. She's probably got a she probably got a real good Mother's Day present that year in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> it was a couple weeks before Mother's Day. Day. She got yeah, she probably got something real nice. I forgot. Um, no, I mean I got yeah, I got a nice truck, Mike. I had to get a nice truck. I did. There was not a lot of money for me to spend though. Um, surprisingly, I was very, I was um, you know, I saved a lot of money in college. Uh, just from, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really spend a lot of money. I, there was not too much to spend it on. I, I had never been a guy that really material possessions. I'm not pretending like I didn't like material possessions because I did, but it wasn't that. It wasn't like I needed an iced out watch or an iced it wasn't out a priority. Chain. Yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the top of the priority. It, it, it wasn't something that that I that I was dying to have, you know, a look or an image. Um, but, yeah, that truck cost me a, a, a pretty penny. Oh, I bet. We're going to keep things rolling here. Try to bang these out fairly quickly. I love how everyone's just being so polite over on the forum, you know. Um, you know, it, it's a roller coaster of emotions on the forum, Marcus. I don't know if you've ever – Looked at the uh, insiders forum on any of our of the Gamecock websites out there, but it, it's a roller coaster. We, we we appreciate all our subscribers, but it looks like right now everyone is in a, in a good mood. Um, we'll see how the baseball team does as we tape this on a Sunday as they try to salvage uh, being swept, unfortunately, down in Auburn. But staying with some football talk for Matt Cali seventy seven. Hello, Marcus. Hope all is well. What is your craziest Garcia story that you can actually share with us? Now, I brought this up with you before we started taping to hopefully be able to get the get the uh, little hamster in the head on the treadmill run a little bit. Um, I, I've, I've, I was with I was with Garcia just last week. <laughs> and I joke all the time. I'm like, you know, because he brought something up to someone. They're like, you know, why, why do you hang out with Mike? He's like, well, if Mike wanted to, he could write a whole book about me on uh, things that I probably don't want out there. So um, and obviously I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. But, uh, you know, Garcia is uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you this. Garcia is a hell of a father when he's around those kids. He is uh, he is Steven. No question about it. But. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking about something from about a decade plus ago. Um, oh and that's even if you can share a story. It's it's the first time I met Garcia, and I was a recruit. The first time I met Garcia, I was a recruit. You you hear the legend even before you step on campus. You you hear the stories. You hear this mystique around Garcia. Garcia, and I have to say this to preface. Probably top 10 kindest human beings I've ever met. I mean, I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not just saying like, no, the dude like gives you his attention. Mm. Dude, the, the dude, like he's, 
for some reason people think he's cocky. Maybe, maybe, maybe I I, I kind of get that perception that people think he's cocky, that people think he's unapproachable. Man, the dude is a good time. No, but the first time I met him, he was with Andrew Clifford, who was the backup quarterback. Shout out Cliff. Cliff. And, man, he had on this, like, Viking, uh, <laughs> this Viking hat, these combat boots, combat boots. I was a recruit. And this is the image. This is what people have to see. The village idiot sign. There's light, light coming down from the village side, a Viking hat, shades. He has on shorts, and he has all these combat boots. <laughs> and he has, obviously, a drink in his hand. And I obviously knew who he was. Without, without anybody telling me who he was, <laughs> I knew who he was. And he was just... You, he's just Garcia. I mean, got like he's somebody that literally deserves their own show. And I'm uh, again, pe- people. This is not th- like this is a the SEC network would be smart if they wanted if they wanted to up their viewers. They'd be oh, smart man. to give this man his own show. I mean, ju- just because he's him, he's not faking. He's, this is this is who he is. Like uh, he, he's just cool. He's chill. But th- that's the image that I remember. That's the first time meeting Garcia. He gave me some dap, introduced myself, and I mean we've been we've been we've been friends ever since. I mean he was my quarterback, and and you talking about a freaking warrior on the field mm. who go to bat. We'll, we'll put his shoulder in the people. We'll, we'll, I mean, I'm glad that he's my quarterback. I, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I, I love quarterbacks that talk shit to other teams. I mean, that's, I mean, he just had that confidence, man. It was just, and that dude was so much fun to play with. But that's, that's, that's my, Gar, that's my Garcia story. Uh, but SEC Network, I'm actually, I'm going to at the SEC Network for this one. Tag Alyssa Lang in that one. Tag Alyssa Lang. Shout out to the former. Let's make it happen. Student and also a Gamecock Central alum as well. MB Simmons says, Hello, Marcus. Thanks for so many incredible memories. What is your favorite stadium you played in outside of Williams Bryce? Mm. LSU Death Valley. Hmm. Was that LSU. at night or is that during the day? Or does it matter to you? 2012, uh, junior year. Um, they they actually were – we were ranked number three in the country. They were ranked like 24. Um, we would have beat them. I mean, we were we were on the right road. But, again. Um, that was a night game, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern. And guess how many – It ooh. was – 92,734 were in attendance, which, believe it or not, is not even a sellout for them because they can hold over 100,000, at least back then. That's crazy. Never in my life. Never in my life uh, been in an atmosphere so electrifying. I mean, golly. Um, And 
they're right there. The students are right there in your face. Like it, if you if you're an opposing team, they're right behind you. If you once you if you if you get in the end zone, they're right there. They're absolutely right there, and it, it is nuts. Um, they had a terrifying defense. Um, my stats were awful. I made some important runs, um, some fourth and one runs, some goal line scores. But man, that D like that D line, Benny Logan and God dang Sam Montgomery, and then they got Eric Reed back there at safety. I mean, they were just some terrors. Um, quite frankly, that was the one. I I I I prided I pride myself as a player on being tough. That was the one game where I felt like shit. I don't know football for me anymore. <laughs> Not to bring back bad memories. Thirteen carries, thirty-five yards. You had a touchdown. You had a touchdown in there, but yeah, I mean they 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 were they were. They were special around that time period. They Not to were. say obviously they won a championship um a couple of years ago, but yeah, they had they had some dudes. I mean, that's the they, only way to put it. They had some oh dudes. That them 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 boys from the bayou, they are I it gets it gets humid, it gets swampy just as it does in low country South Carolina. So they breed them the same way. I mean, it's just some dudes that'll knock your head off. Um but no, that that atmosphere, LSU Death Valley, twenty twelve. Speaking of LSU, shout out to Cole Tracy, who, by the way, if people remember that name a couple of years ago. He was at LSU, transfer kicker from Assumption. Shout out to the Hounds. But Marcus actually sent a video over to him, saying, "Hey, you're going to do just fine. You're going to be fine. It's just you know, it's the same deal. You're just kicking in front of more people. Blah blah blah." Cole Tracy went on. I think he had like. 18 points in his NCAA, something stupid, like 15 hmm. points with a kicker in his in his uh, Division One debut. I think I think it was against Miami in Jerry's World, and uh, he ended up setting the NCAA all time record for all divisions with 97 made career field goals, which is just stupid. Um, I don't know if that will get broken. It might get broken because of the whole fifth year thing. And no disrespect to my man Parker White, you know, but hey. Uh, not that he had it, but you get the point. You know, some of these fifth-year records, unfortunately, uh, will break some of the other ones. But at the end of the day, that is how it will go. Let's keep things rolling here. Uh, this is from T.W. Northerner. Hello, Marcus. You're still my favorite Gamecock. And we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Marcus, but how much of an impact do you think CBS will make this year? He has an interesting run style, and I hope all the backs do well. He also went on to ask about Lavassier Carroll as well. So what do you think about those two running backs, and um, specifically Christian Beal Smith? And that's no disrespect with Lavassier Carroll. I feel like when you look at him, especially knowing that he has more years of eligibility left, he's a guy I feel like South Carolina will use a little bit more at that position, just my opinion. Um in the future, he can make an impact on special teams. It feels like they're they're fooling around at that position with him right now. Uh, in addition to a guy we didn't mention, by the way, Juice um, Wells Jr., the transfer wide receiver from James Madison, who I thought was absolutely electric anytime he had the ball in his hands on Saturday. But CBS, how do you feel like they, they're going to use him this year, Marcus? He can do it all. He can do it all. He can be the guy. 
I think that's why they brought him in. Um, I think that's why he came here. Um, I like his dependability. Uh, but in my opinion, he can make every run. He can make every run that you need him to. He can block. He can catch. Um, you know, our offense, I mean, Coach Beamer, he said it when he came here, we want to run the ball. You know, the mm-hmm. the, the run sets up the sets up the pass. And he he reminds me a lot, quite frankly, he reminds me a lot of some of the backs from Oklahoma um, that just, they, they can get downhill. They can get downhill real quick. And, heck, we, we, we want to be a dominating team. We want to run the football. Um, Christian Bill can do it all. I mean, that, that, it's really just that simple. I, I don't, I don't have any elaborate explanation on him. Um, I mean, Marshawn Lloyd can do it all. Christian Bill can do it all. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to watch. All right, last question for you, Marcus, from Coach BMW, and he has Wee Man as his, uh, as his profile picture. I think we've had love, Coach BMW ask us a question before on this podcast. But he says, and this is his word, because I would never, ever say anything so disrespectful about this beautiful sandwich that he's describing right here. He said, hope all is well, Marcus. There is a certain biscuit with all kind of crap mixed together called the Uber. If you had a signature breakfast sandwich, what would be on it? Please don't mix berries and cheese. <laughs> Unbelievable, Coach. You got me. You got he's me all tripped up over slamming the Uber. Hey man, I'm just trying trying to take care of my wife. I'm just trying to take care of my wife and kids, man. I don't have it, but you know, we just trying trying to get trying to get that money. Nah, pimento, pimento with a nah. That sounds really good, actually. In my we'll get you hooked up when you come, because and I know not to put you on the spot here. I know that you did talk about trying to get out here for a game this year. Um, we'll get you, we'll get you situated. We'll get you hooked up next time you're in town in Columbia. And have it. I want to eat it in Bojangles. Oh, well, we can do that right now. Down in Bojangles. Shoot, uh, that's gonna be good. We'll I do love that right it. next to the stadium. There's a beautiful place right across the uh, the old the old proving grounds, right on Bluff mm. Road. I love it. I can't wait. Um, and what what would be on my sandwich? What would we'll be, be on, on Lattimore? Uh, the Lattimore. Lattimore. Doesn't have to be at Bojangles either. I mean, this could be just any type of food. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming that's what Coach BMW uh, is saying. You you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go egg. Okay. Absolutely. I'm gonna go cheese. Fried or scrambled? Fried or scrambled? I gotta go scramble. Okay. I'm gonna go scramble egg, fluffy egg, fluffy, fluffy egg, uh, cheese, American cheese. Just you know the not real cheese, the American cheese. Well, I don't know what's in that shit. Um, but it's but good. It good. I'm gonna go barbecue, saucy, sweet. I'm, I'm not gonna mention names. Barbecue, like a saucy barbecue, like a honey brown sugar barbecue sauce okay. with brisket. Mm. Um, brisket. And with that, I'm gonna go onion straws on top Ooh. of that Ooh. In, into the biscuit. Um, and we're just gonna call it a day right there. Well, we're gonna and put I'm it on. Say, and I, I, quite frankly, 
there's no better breakfast side than Bo Rounds. So I'm going Bo Rounds on the side. Oh man. I mean, you know what? Just for that, just when you would just just because you said that when you come into town, I got a nice bottle of bow seasoning that you can be able to bring come back. Come on, man! Man, I got you. You know, I got you. Um, yes, but but I, but but the question now is, what do you put that on? Do you put it on like on an English muffin? Do you put it on a bagel? Do you put? I mean, like, what what, what kind of bread? I mean, the bread's a big part of it. Mike, I'm going biscuit. You going biscuit? Okay, I'm, put, I'm, put, I'm putting I'm putting all of that on. You're a trying biscuit. to put me out of business. You're trying to put me out of business. I got you. Okay, <laughs> biscuit. I got you. Okay. okay. I'm putting all that on a biscuit. That 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 you sounds. Start a bris- you start selling a biscuit in town. I'm gonna be out of I'm gonna be out of business, man. I'm gonna have to put my house up for sale and everything. I mean, I'm 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 screwed. Oh man. Marcus makes his return to Columbia to just put me out of business. <laughs> compete look competing sandwiches we, we, we just go we just go compete everywhere we go oh you man. bring the you but i bring the laddie bring the laddie man i'll tell you what that would be a hell of a sandwich and i'm happy that coach bmw asked that maybe we can find someone in south carolina to make that dream happen um, but no, that sounds we, good. Look, man. And we, and we just, look, and we just do it right there in front of Williams Bryce. We bring we bring both and let people try them. Oh, we already know that's, what's going to happen. That sounds like a plan. There it is, done. Yeah, we yeah we already know what's going to happen. I mean, everyone's going to start. I mean, mm, you know I'm what? Sit, no city limits barbecue. That's what I want on it. I want city limits. We go. We we got to do a set. Let's do that, Mike. Let's do that. Hey, City Limits is a good friend of us over of ours over at Gamecock Central. So, um, I think have we you can, had their beef rib? Uh, what's that? Have you had their beef rib? I haven't been over there at all. Um, I've been I've been really <laughs> really slack. I know. Trust me, I've seen I've seen all the pictures. I've seen um, shoot. I've that heard. I've heard West. Mi- I've heard West Mitchell praise it. So. Uh, city limits. I am. I'm coming your way, but we are also yeah, coming yeah. your way with with yes. an idea for you called the laddie. Um, sounds like something you get over in Ireland, you know, the laddie. Um, so Marcus Lattimore, when he comes back in town, hopefully we'll have the laddie ready to go. But Marcus, I don't know if there's any final thoughts you want to do. I know we're a little bit longer than uh, than we typically wanted to be on this episode, but with the draft coming up, any any final thoughts in general? I know we kind of hit on a lot of it already. No, I'm 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 excited to see our guys uh, go through that special night, uh, and we 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 got, you know who, you know who's gonna a sleeper, you know whoever whoever picks this team whoever picks this guy, uh, man, because he's fresh, he's got fresh legs. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a Quandre White. Oh, good you, you got it right. I was Zamir and Zaquandre and but no, yeah. Um I'm excited. I'm just excited to see our guys go through that special night. And I mean, I know if you give them an opportunity, you give Kevin Harris, you give these guys opportunities, they're gonna be yep. successful. Um Nick Muse, JJ, we got a bunch of guys. I'm excited to see them. Let's everybody tune in, cheer them on. I'm I'm very excited and, and obviously I already brought up my alma mater, but Love to see Carlin Spatel find a way to, to sneak onto a team late. No assumption players have ever been drafted. So um I guess the Gamecocks would be the Gamecocks would be claiming 
him as their own, but you know, he started his career over at Assumption for those three seasons. So I'm I'm definitely claiming claiming him if uh if he if he's able to get drafted. But now shout out to all the Gamecocks and everyone this weekend as they get ready for the NFL draft. That kicks off on Thursday night. Thursday um, night. Get ready. Get ready for oh, the NFL really? draft. NFL draft twenty twenty two. Can't wait for it. Should be a good time. But Marcus, appreciate you. As always, buddy, Nick will be back on the show next week. If you haven't already, be sure to leave us a nice five-star review. If you're listening to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to your podcast, share it. Let everyone know that you're listening to Believe in South Carolina. B-L-E-A-V. We're going to continue to to keep football talk going despite spring football officially ending last week. We'll reach out to some of Marcus's old buddies that maybe you've heard of before in the past. We'll catch up with some of these former Gamecocks as well over the next couple weeks. I think that would be fun. I know talking to Alshon out in Minnesota, he was all smiles about the idea. So uh, we'll, we'll try to make that happen soon, Marcus. How's that sound? I look forward to it. I look forward. We're going to have we're going to have some fun guests on here. Y'all stay tuned. No question about it. And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, be sure to just reach out to myself or Marcus online, whatever. We'll make that happen as well. We've already had some people reaching out. We have some conversations that are going to be picking up over these next couple of weeks. We're looking forward to hopefully solidifying that to be able to push out a couple good products that we want you guys to, to know about. But appreciate you guys listening. We will do it again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.